Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. If Kevin Durant had never been traded to Phoenix, the noise would be a lot different around the playoff-bound Suns. People would be talking about CP3's playoff legacy and his zero championship rings. They'd be talking about whether a soft-serve team is built for the grinder of the postseason. There'd be rehashed questions about what happened the last time around against the Mavericks, and there would be questions for Devin Booker, who fell hard out of last year's postseason season, and if you don't remember, he became a meme for Lucas stands, which was embarrassing enough, but the 6 of 17 shooting in Game 6, and the 3 of 14 shooting in Game 7 is hardly the stuff of legends, and getting blown off the court at home on the NBA's ultimate stage is something generally star players have to wear for a while, until they found atone- find atonement, or until they get a championship ring, and yet you're hearing nothing of this sort, because Because the hot take space is instead focusing on KD, his legacy, his playoff reunion against Russell Westbrook, his chance to win a title without Stephen Clay. And that is a good break for a player who would otherwise be in a white hot spotlight in crosshairs at the moment. It's also a great chance for all surviving members of last year's disaster to turn the page on one of the ugliest collapses in NBA history. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Great opportunity to play the game of ball, extend, extend your season. You know, I think that's the fun part. Um, I feel like I played enough ball this year to my standards, so it's good to get some extra games in the playoffs, you know, just play the game, have some fun out there and compete. So preparation is always fun. Um, working on getting some extra time to work on your individual game in this little four or five day break in between the playoffs is always uh, cool for me, so yeah, I'm feeling good. It's Kevin Durant yesterday at practice, getting ready for everything, talking about what he's excited about for the postseason. And again, we have to focus on these types of numbers mm-hmm. going in. When it's all said and done, they might be a distant memory, but the Suns have played eight games with Kevin Durant, a total of 269 minutes he's played of basketball in a Phoenix Suns uniform. Um, you know, that has to be talked about going into this series because if everything changes and ramps up and gets more intense and more physical yeah. from the regular season to the postseason, mm-hmm. you would tend, I mean, nature, na- human nature would tell you, or, or just logic would tell you, the teams that are more together would have an, an advantage yes. in that experience. Yes. The thing that's interesting about this series, too, is that the Clippers have gone through massive changes. They can change their entire backcourt at the trade deadline. So I don't think it's as pinpointed for the Clippers as it is for the Suns, because we're not talking about one player. But these are two teams with a great deal of, hey, how's this going to go, I think? Behind closed doors are probably both thinking that. Yeah, we talked to Al McCoy yesterday, and Al 
He just asked the question. How good are the Suns? We don't know. Yeah, it's great. And, it's we're, great and we're going to find out very quickly. Yeah, because it, they have not really been tested. And it's not necessarily their fault. They ran up against the Nuggets a couple of times that did not want to go on full-on competition. And that's okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think that's a very legitimate question. And I think that... I think that strategically, you got to believe that Ty Lue is cooking up something, whether it's going to be game one defensive patterns or something that comes, you know, as the series begins to evolve. They're going to try their hardest to put pressure on the Phoenix Suns where uh, they might think they're weak. And so if you extrapolate that in your head and you say, okay, what would that look like? Well, I, I, I would think that physical. Physical play, come in at the Phoenix Suns, see if you can get their heads and their games and their focus out of whack a little bit, because that has happened to them in the past. So I, I would expect that. So as I've said from very early on this week, that's step one for me. If I'm the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, I'm making sure this basketball team is hardcore between the years, ready to get through all the nonsense and the bad whistles and the elbows and the cheap shots and all of it. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the idea of what do we do if we're in countering double teams. Who who are we going to have on the floor? Who do we want to shoot? How are we going to um, react to gimmicky defenses that will leave lesser players wide open? What are we doing then? And I, I think you solve those questions. I don't think there's much the Clippers are going to hurt you with, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I may be wrong about that. Yeah, but to start things out, we talked about this earlier in the show, The and I, I believe you call them the surviving members of mm-hmm. what happened last mm-hmm. year with mm-hmm. the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a debacle, the way that ended. You get blown out in Game 6 and completely embarrassed in Game 7 on your home floor to exit out of the playoffs, and there's maybe some psychological residual to that. Kevin Durant was not part of that. Now, now, he is a guy that got swept out of the playoffs last year in Brooklyn by the Boston Celtics. So his most recent playoff experience wasn't very pleasurable either. But and he was asked yesterday, do you think the team is using last year as motivation? No, I don't think. I think guys are self-motivated regardless of uh, losses. I think everybody in here wants to be a great ball player, a great teammate. We want to go out there and win basketball games. You know, with you experience, all of that stuff definitely helps you and shapes your thought process moving forward. But for the most part, you leaning on just wanting to be great yourself and wanting to uh, add positive to the team. So I, I didn't sense that at all. And collectively, that's true. And I say this a lot. I said it yesterday. I'll say it a lot during these playoffs. Every playoff game is a snowflake. That means every postseason is a different snowstorm. Oh, <laughs> I see you did there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, that's, that's a good way to play. I like that. That's, uh, do the Suns have their plows ready to They're go? Right. Yes. Yes. Do you have your ice scrapers in the back seat? Are yes. they ready? So you're not using credit cards to get the ice off your windshield? <laughs> yeah. The only credit before. card I use is calling AAA. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it, it's, but, but again, I, I don't think the Suns, the Suns have got some real experience with them and they've got a uh, two time finals MVP with them. So there should be no surprise and there should be nothing that really throws them off the rails like ha- what happened last year. And if, they're, if they don't get it done, um, unfortunately, there will be probably, well, we don't even need to go down what might happen with the rosters. But I've, I've already saw Brian Winter say that that would be one of the early um, ramifications of not winning it this year is there's going to be changes to this year, to this current group. And I think we all know who he's talking about. And that's not the only change. I mean, no, we do know not, who he's talking yeah, about. But which would be Chris Paul, change. obviously. Well, but that, not the only one. You're right. That popped up yesterday. The The subject of Chris Paul's future popped up on, on Burns and Gambo yesterday when James Jones joined them for his weekly visit. And 
let's just play the what if game. If the, if the Suns win a championship this year, would Chris Paul call it a career? No, I mean Chris determines his out, outcome, and only he knows um, what he'll do um, when that time comes. I don't expect that time to be anytime soon. Um, we're not even thinking that far ahead. Like we have a game on Sunday, and that that game on Sunday is the start of a, a playoff run for us. And um, you know, it, it's just about enjoying the moment and playing your best basketball at the right time. And I'm, I'm confident our team uh, collectively will do that. And since we're in what if mode, I can I can see both. Like, what if the Suns win a championship? I could see Chris Paul, who's grinded and scratched and oh. clawed for 18 years saying, all right, this is the ultimate feather in my cap. I'm tapping out. But on the flip side of it, there are few people on the planet that love basketball still at this point as much as Chris Paul does. Yeah. And how much he loves to play it. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what that would mean. <laughs> well, if, if you win it, I, I think you run it back, don't you? I would hope. You would hope. But, but you're right. It, it, it might be something. It might be the – Chris Paul might be the exception. He might be the guy that says, nope, this is this is the way I go out. I don't know. Uh, I, I think they've got a real good shot at this. I, I think Sunday's game is pivotal. You do not want to lose game one in the opening round at home. No. Uh, the stats are out there to back it up. We've lived it. We've seen it. It, it just, it, I think, I think the Suns can can benefit from this matchup if they win these first couple of home games. It, you know how it works. You, you take those first couple of home games. The amount of pressure on the other team, it just, it it's it increases exponentially. Then you go steal one game. You close it out in five at home. Boom, you're done. Mm-hmm. Sounds easy. It can be easy. Win the first two home games, and you you really you really got a great path. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel. Text. Text line at 620-620 right now. Also join uh, Burns and Gambo at the Topgolf Swing Suite at Gila River Resorts and Casinos tomorrow from 2 to 6. They'll be giving away Suns playoff t-shirts, water bottles, and backpacks. Plus you can meet Suns legend Tom Chambers from 5 to 6 p.m. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details. And for planning purposes, you must be 21 years or over to attend the event. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals are on the verge of giving their hungry fan base something they've wanted for years. No, not a Super Bowl trophy. Something else. We'll get into that and more Cardinals talk next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings. With you until 10 o'clock, Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Gazelle, and back from a three-day stint as Goofy at Disneyland in Anaheim. Jared Carlin. Jared Carlin posted a picture of his wife with uh, the Gaston. dude. Gaston. And at, at first glance, I thought you had actually dressed up in character when you went to the park. <laughs> yes. And then I look close and I'm like, oh, that's not him. No, that guy has muscles. It yeah. couldn't have been Jared. Well, they, yeah, they were Jared fake Jared kind of dresses up in character every kind day. Kind of. Though. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Did you bring us souvenirs? No. Oh, yeah. Where are our gifts? I don't got that kind of scratch. Refrigerator magnet? I don't got that. No way. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know, there we're probably- $40 mug. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, good to have you back, Jerry. Yeah, it's good to- Well, um, <laughs> Whoa! I almost said whoa, it's good whoa, to be back. Whoa, whoa. I, I, I love being on the show. But oh yeah, sure. I'm, not, I'm not the type of guy who ends a vacation and is like, oh man, I'm so glad I'm home. I o- always almost you know. You're not Vinny, fair. in other words. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like enjoy vacation. I enjoy being on vacation. That's yes. all right. But I love I being on the show. Of, one of the best parts of traveling and being on vacation is getting home. 
Am I wrong in that? That's the worst part of it. But <laughs> I don't. But that's just me. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I know who you are. Of, yeah, I, I know. got a lot of issues. No, it's okay. It's all right. I got you, more no. issues than National well, Geographic, uh, yo. Bay he no. loves it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny loves it so much. That's why he doesn't even leave home yeah. on vacation. No, yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> he just gets to He's the best a, part. He, he lives at the best home. part the entire time. Yeah. Just yeah. cut out the middleman. <laughs> Uh, the Arizona Cardinals released a video on social media yesterday that we can only assume is a new uniform tease. The video doesn't have any words, so we're not going to play it. It's just music. Yeah. Uh, but it's a briefcase in the middle of a desert, with complete with coordinates, which I saw some Cardinals fans plot out the coordinates and say, I'm driving here now to see what this is about. Don't do that. Um, yeah, don't do that. We're two weeks away from the draft. The Arizona Cardinals might have well, new uniforms within two weeks. You, you, you saw what Zavin Collins tweeted out. What's in the box? What's if, in the box? If they open that box and it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head, <laughs> I am going to be really mad. <laughs> How are you supposed to put that on a uniform? Yeah. <laughs> right. Unless Chris right. Martin bought the Cardinals oh, recently. Wow. Don't think that's it. <laughs> Look, we're all excited about it. It's been long overdue. Cardinals fans have been relentless in their pressure on the organization for new mm-hmm. uniforms to the mm-hmm. point where in recent years, anything that popped up on social media was like, what about new uniforms? So you're getting your wish. I haven't seen anything. I've got no intel on this yeah. at all, but I, did, I will reiterate this. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I have been told by a friend of a friend uh, who has allegedly seen the new helmet, it's unfortunately still white. Has a sparkly look like the black ones do, but no major change. That's the scouting report on the helmet from a friend of a friend, friend of who a friend. claims to have seen it. Friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, the, this we've talked about this on the show, too. It is the perfect time to redo the uniforms and rebrand the team. Oh, the, you're not kidding. We, we, we talk about it's, it's long overdue, mm-hmm. but this whole sort of refreshment of the franchise with the new GM, well, the new coach, yes. sort of forgetting everything in the past that, you know, these last few years that were so painful. The, yeah, listen, and and it's, it, yes, it, to everything you just said, and the latest would have been, The Athletic did a really great piece yesterday on the NFLPA's report cards, and, and the impact it made the uh, an impact that nobody expected it would make and and there are quotes in the piece about how it was all anybody in the business was talking about for two three days mm-hmm. and and it actually provided some clarity to why those f minuses showed up on the cardinals three of the six remember that yes. an f minus was awarded to a team that had serious issues and were aware of them without fixing them that's where the F minus came from. Ooh. So the team was aware that this was an issue. Like probably, I'm guessing the weight room floors, it might um, relate to the Arizona Cardinals. But but the, but the story also shows that this is has kind of snapped into action a lot of these owners who were embarrassed by it, including ours. And you heard Zach Ertz say the other day, yeah, I showed up, this, there's hot breakfast waiting for us. That was Zach Ertz, right? Yeah, it was that Zach, was yeah. Zach Ertz, okay. yeah. Still so, don't know what that breakfast consisted of. Would like you like breakfast there, Jared? Don't answer. We don't need to go down this path. <laughs> so, so I think that I think what he's saying is accurate. If there was ever a team and ever a time for a diversion, right here, baby. Well, Jared brings up good points too. Like it, it's the washing away of uh, the painful end to what was not long before that a promising era seemed to be a promising era of Cardinals football. So you wash that away, but. You know, from a from a competition standpoint mm-hmm. too, this can serve as a distraction 
for what might be a, a lean year in terms of, of stacking up victories. Yeah, no, I, right. And a chance to sell a lot of new merchandise, which is never well, a bad or just, thing. Or just calm everybody down. Hey, get get people off of all this dysfunction that we have seen well, and, and all this stuff. And from the top, it's a, a chance for Michael Bidwill to, well, to say, hey, I've listened to you. I've heard your cries. You know, Newsmakers Week 2022, we had mm-hmm. Michael on. We asked him about the uniforms, and he said, these things take time. Didn't seem like you wanted to talk about it, so uh-huh. we didn't ask him about it this year. Uh-huh. But it is you know, an opportunity for ownership to say, yeah, we, we listened to the fan base, and it, it was time to refresh. For, for an organization that at least from a fashion standpoint, point has been very tied to its history um and you know when they did make those uniform changes in the mid 2000s they got dated real quick yeah. so yeah. that's why i'm hoping there's a classic element of going back to what the cardinals wore before the 2005 uniform change now according to jonathan gannon he said that arizona in light of the the nfl pa survey has made quote big time changes he said food weight room facilities contracts michael has been fantastic he really has he came into my office the other day and he says i want technology he wanted that talked about and updated so so if there's a bright spot out of that it it's that particular survey um, has enlightened Michael Bidwell to something he might not have known about otherwise. Yeah. And, and I think it was Ken Summers who made the point, and, and you can blame Michael Bidwell for a lot of this stuff, and, and I remain firm in my point that the time has come for him to remove himself as team president. I think that if you're really going to kind of refresh this culture, this is an important step in it all. But as Ken Summers said, Michael Bidwell built a reputation on on pulling this team out of the dark ages. Why would he sink it back into a day? It just doesn't make sense. Now maybe maybe he he's been distracted. Maybe he hasn't been focused on on these things. Huh? Maybe this thing was a wake up call for that. I'm I'm encouraged that it's prompted action. Put it that way. No, it okay. certainly seems yeah. that way, and that's yeah. all you can ask for yeah. in situations. Right, like that. that's exactly right. And yeah. so so we're going to find out. I, I do think that it, the, the Cardinals have one gift this year. They've got the gift of low expectations, and that can take you a long way. I'm going to have that written on my business card. That's right. I'm Vince Morata. Don't expect too much from me. Foo Fighters will be playing Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater on October 3rd. General on sale begins tomorrow. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com now for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, getting closer and closer to Suns Clippers Game 1 on Sunday. We will get the Clippers point of view from Law Murray, who covers the team for The Athletic. That is straight ahead on the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Yeah, hoping to get ready for Suns Clippers, which begins Sunday, 5 o'clock at Footprint Center for Game 1 in a best of seven Western Conference Series. And here to talk about the Clippers, a man who covers them for the athletic. Law Murray joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Law, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, we've been talking about this series, and obviously from a Phoenix standpoint, the great unknown, you know, Kevin Durant's played 269 minutes with this team. But both of these teams underwent significant changes at the trade deadline. I don't think you can glean much from any of the four matchups between these two teams and apply it to what we'll see. I mean, how do you see all of that going into this series, Law? You know, everyone's talking about Kevin Durant, the eight games that he played, and the I think 
it's a hundred some minutes um, with DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. The Clippers basically had to undergo a more acute adjustment because of Paul George's injury. Mm-hmm. So when Russell Westbrook got to the team, that was the fourth rotation player that he added to go with Mason Plumlee at the trade deadline, Eric Gordon, Bones Island. That's that's affects three positions, the guard, the wing, the bigs. And then you bring in a new starter in Russ. And it's a good thing the Clippers have Russell Westbrook, especially in the wake of Paul's injury, because – the Clippers have only played nine games with the Russell Westbrook without Paul George lineup, basically. It's basically the same kind of thing that the Suns had adjusted to, but Kevin Durant's been around since basically the All-Star break, before the All-Star break. Well, the last time I was in Phoenix before this past weekend for the last game of the regular season was that last game before the All-Star break. What did they do in that day? They introduced Kevin Durant to the season <laughs> ticket holders at Footprint Center. That's so right. Kevin Durant's been around. He knows what the Suns are doing, even though he hasn't been playing a lot of games with the ankle injury. The Clippers, they didn't know that they weren't going to have Paul George a mo- until a month later. And so I feel like the Suns, they know what they've got in KD. They, ha- they just haven't been hitting the mouth yet. And for the Clippers, that's pretty much this series. Can we make the Suns be uncomfortable for the first time? And when I say uncomfortable, I mean losing games yeah. <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. I mean, the Suns, they have been pushed. They were pushed by Reggie Jackson's Denver Nuggets. They were pushed by the Dallas Mavericks team that failed to even make the play in. They just happened to win those games with KD. We're going to see what the, what, the, what the Clippers do to increase the pressure and see how the Suns respond to that. No doubt about it. Now, I'm curious. Ty Lue's an, an excellent coach. He's He's got that reputation. He also has a lot of time to prepare something. How, what do you think that's going to look like? Who do you think defensively is going to get or be on KD? Is that going to be Kawhi? Is it going to be Norm Powell on book? Give us some insight from, from what you think Ty Lue might be cooking up for the Suns. Well, I'll tell you what. When I came to practice Tuesday, they had replica Suns jerseys. All on a hanger, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. I'm sure that there's guys on the Clippers third string that are wearing those jerseys that are basically being helping Teron Lou prepare defensively. That's where this series starts with Teron Lou. I think Teron is satisfied with the offense. The Clippers offense was top five for most of the post-All-Star break period. That's a little over 20 games. But the defense has been average, painfully average, basically since the beginning of December. And they don't have a chance if the Suns are better offensively than they already are. And so one of the things that I think is going to be a key is how much time Kawhi Leonard spends on a guy like Kevin Durant. But Devin Booker, he's the guy who's been leading the Suns for half a decade now uh, in terms of the Suns being a burgeoning team. And what you got to concern with with Devin is the ball is going to be in his hands above the break way more often. That means that it's going to be easier to fire on and blitz and trap Devin Booker, double-team him, than it is Kevin Durant. The issue is it's going to be harder to double anybody on the Suns because a guy like Kevin Durant is the outlet. He's the guy in the corners. He's the guy slashing. And, and, and the thing is, the way they use Kevin, it feels like – Kevin is being used as a super version of Mikael Bridges. And that's obviously a different kind of pressure to deal with defensively. And so Kawhi, I think if Kevin's going to be off the ball 
a lot more than we are used to seeing him off the ball. If you watch Kevin with the Nets or with the Warriors, then it makes Kevin harder to double team, but it makes a guy like Kawhi who's going to have a heavy load offensively. I think he can handle the assignment a little bit more. And that's, I think that's a fascinating chess match here. How much does Kawhi Leonard and all, we know his reputation defensively. He's just guarded Kevin Durant in postseason series before, both as a role player and as the star that he is now. That's going to be the key for Toronto Lou. How much time do you want to spend having your best player, your remaining big wing star, on Kevin Durant? Law Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Uh, on March 3rd, Law, the Clippers lost to Sacramento by a point that sunk them to 33-33. and 33. From that point on, they went 11-5. and five. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was great, and you mentioned Russell Westbrook obviously picking up some slack for the injured Paul George, but how real was that run? And, and other than those two guys, how were they able to you know play that good a basketball for that clip and get all the way to fifth in the Western Conference? That run saved their season. Let's just be real. Like, forget forget the playing tournament. I mean, they might not have made the playing tournament if they had. Look, this was about to be a six straight loss. The very next game after the Sacramento game at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, they gave up fifty one third quarter points in that game, and the murmuring in the arena was very uncomfortable. National TV game and everything. And Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, they helped turn that game around in the fourth quarter, playing defense for the first time in what seemed like three weeks. I hadn't seen the Clippers play defense really <laughs> since the game in Phoenix. So, like, that saved their season. They had a lot of time in between games after that game against the Grizzlies. I'm talking two, three days off before each of their next four or five games. And that allowed them to have some practices. It allowed those new guys, Westbrook included, to really get to know their teammates, really get to know and be on the same page. They fixed the defense. They fixed the offense. They started playing a lot more together. Now, they still had some rough patches, Paul George's injury being top of the line. And I think it's impressive that the Clippers still maintained an offensive identity where they can score without Paul. The bigger concern is just what are they going to do defensively uh, I think they caught some breaks in the last week of the season where they won their last three games. They caught the Lakers, a team that they beat anyway all the time, <laughs> on a rush disadvantage. That helped them kind of blow them out. That game wasn't as close as the final score was. They obviously didn't have to deal with the Portland Trail Blazers in the last week of the season. Uh, they were sitting everybody as they get ready for the lottery. And same thing with Phoenix Suns. Because the Suns locked up that four seed so early in the week, mm-hmm. they didn't have to worry about playing their best guys. They chose rest. I'm not sure if Phoenix should have done that, but Phoenix chose rest. They basically chose the Clippers because the Suns, if they, they beat the Clippers, then the Clippers, they would have been headed elsewhere in the first round or even in the play-in possibly. And so I think that the Clippers, offensively, they are feeling confident. Defensively is a concern with them. Yeah. All right, last question um, is just along those lines. Are the Clippers rallying around that fact that the Phoenix Suns effectively chose them? And what does your intuition tell you about Paul George and his potential return? Well, I'll start with the, I guess you could call it disrespect card. I mean, it's it's lying season. So guys will, I think they do. <laughs> I mean, we're in the media. We're bringing it to them. 
Uh, I mean, these are proud players. This is the oldest team in the league. And with that age comes experience, uh, experience in the playoffs. So guys are always looking for an extra chip to have knocked off their shoulder. And they're definitely rallying around the fact that people are not going to pick them in this series. But they don't have, they don't need to worry about that. They need to worry about playing well. Uh, this is a Cooper team that rarely played well in the same game as far as scoring and getting stops. I mean, if they were scoring, they probably were in a shootout. If they were getting stops, it was probably one of those games where they went five minutes at a time without making a basket. So the Clippers aren't going to get too caught up in the they're – not, they're not stirring extra stuff. They don't like the Suns, but they respect the Suns. That's, that, that's going to be where this series starts. Yeah. Now, as far as Paul George goes, he was in the gym yesterday. What's today? Thursday. So Wednesday, Paul George was in the gym getting shots up. It's the first time I saw him get shots up. He didn't have a brace on. He was able to catch and shoot, and he was, looked like he was moving pretty well. But And it's not the first time that he's been in the gym. That's what I was told. But I am also hearing that they're not going to push Paul George to come back before that knee is stable. And I don't see him playing in this series. The Clippers need to extend this series. So the first four games, like today is Thursday, this series could be over next Saturday if one of these teams messes around and gets swept. <laughs> I saw Kevin Durant get swept last year, so I ain't just talking about the Clippers. We all know the Clippers might get swept, but damn it, Kevin Durant got swept last year too. <laughs> so if this is a short series, I don't think you see Paul George Yeah, for obvious reasons. But it, the longer the series goes on, the more of that possibility that we could possibly see him. You only get two days off before game five in this series once it starts. And that's going to be the key point. Where is this series at after game four? next Saturday afternoon in L.A. Yeah. Law, great stuff. Yeah, Thanks so much for insight. joining us. Really appreciate your time and your insight today. Hey, I appreciate y'all. I'm ready for that 90-degree weather. Keep it lit. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. 90 if you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> Law Murray covers the Clippers for The Athletic. Uh, joined us here on the Arizona Sports Line. More on Suns Clippers as we get closer to Game 1. That's next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. It's always good playing against you know, Hall of Fame or some of the best players to ever touch a court. You know, uh, that's what you get with Russ Kawhi out there. Guys that, you know, you shouldn't grow up in the league and still playing elite ball and, and they've, what, 12, 13, 14, 15 a year. You know, these dudes are getting old, you know. So um, to get an opportunity to compete against the best is always fun. It's something that, uh, you know, you, you just store away and talk about when you're done playing, get, getting to be, be able to play against the best players. So it's going to be fun. It's Kevin Durant yesterday at practice of the Phoenix Suns talking about playing against uh, former teammate Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard and playing against the best. Now, he didn't include Paul George in that mix. We just talked to Law Murray from The Athletic. He said he doesn't expect to see Paul George in this series, although he was out on the court getting shots up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that is another thing to consider in all of this when you talk about this matchup. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we haven't really focused on Durant versus Westbrook, who were teammates for eight years together in Oklahoma City. That's going to be a storyline through, throughout this series. Mm-hmm. But to Kevin Durant, to use his own words, you know, it's always fun to play against the best. Has Kevin Durant played against the best 
in the eight games that he's played against the Suns. That's another thing to consider. That's, that's great, too. Uh, yeah, I this... mean, the, the one game that stands out as a game that had real playoff feel and intensity was a win over a team that's not in the playoffs in the Dallas Mavericks. At that time, they were in a different situation, and you had this... You know, convergence of star power on the Suns side and the Mavericks side, and that was an intense game that came down to the last seconds. And Kevin Durant had a big shot, but other than that, you know, it's been piecemeal what what the Suns have put out on the court or what the yeah. opponents have put out on the court. So that's another thing to consider in, in in this whole thing. Has he has he gone against the best? There's yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you and and just hearing from Law about this, that it's very very clear what the Clippers think they need to do, and they need to apply stress on the Suns because everything has looked so easy for them, and, and they haven't been really tested, not physically, and certainly not with the level of intensity they're about to. And, and that's why if the Suns make quick work of the Clippers, then then they might sail through this thing. And, and I don't want to be overly optimistic here, but again, uh, this might bring out a level of them in a good way. Yes. It, might, it might not expose it. it, might, it might, they might even uh-huh. go higher. I thought it was interesting that Law Murray brought up the disrespect card yeah. on, on the Clippers side, because let's consider that for a second. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Suns were very clear. They chose rest. They pinpointed the Clippers as the team that they wanted to play in that, in that five seed. Mm-hmm. The Clippers didn't, I mean, they played their players. They didn't play like a team that necessarily wanted to win either. No, they didn't. I mean, secretly, they'll tell you they wanted to fall to six to take on Sacramento. But the danger in that was you might fall to seven and you might find yourself playing in the play-in game, which everybody wanted to avoid. So the Clippers were a team that didn't have a lot of wiggle room and when it got close late in the game they decided to play well enough to pl- to win that game yeah, but I don't I, know if the disrespect card can hold much water here I, I, th- I think it can hold a little bit of water because it, it the fact again Monty not substituting in the fourth quarter tie after the game brought up I, I think I think the I think the Clippers were looking at it like there's not that big of a difference between Phoenix and Sacramento we'd rather play Sacramento I think for the Suns the difference between the Clippers and the Warriors was perceived and profound. Yes, it's because of the Paul George injury. It, of course it if is. Paul and George and Kawhi were 100% healthy. The Clippers skyrocket to the teams you probably don't want to play. Probably don't want to play. That's exactly right. And so I think, I think, I think, like you said, I think a lot of it can be overcooked. I think it, it doesn't have to be real to be perceived. No, that's true. You know, and and that's and and I think they'll use perception that. is reality. It, it can be. And the floor is the ceiling. <laughs> Or no, the, the ceiling, ceiling is, the, is roof. the roof. That was it. The floor is lava. The roof is the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, right. The roof is on fire. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, you know, Russell Westbrook yesterday, no, no, no issues with Kevin Durant. Is he telling the truth about that? I tend to think he is. I think Russell Westbrook has been on such a ragged journey since, and Kevin Durant's been on a ragged journey ever since. I think it, that's the bygones. Let them be bygones, is what I think. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think there's any smoke between them or there's no motivation for Russell Westbrook to get back at a guy who left him high and dry in Oklahoma City. Yeah, Russell Westbrook was uh, asked about it yesterday after Clippers practice on if it's going to be weird going against KD. Nothing. That would be normal for me. Uh, there's no like, I think people still think it's like there's some beef or something. There's no beef of any sort. I think that's a, a good narrative for, you know, <laughs> for media, for people to talk about. But there's no beef, man. I got uh, nothing but respect for him and things he's done uh, with his career and having to see him back from injury. Uh, there's no beef. Um, 
at all, but he knows I'm going to compete, and I know he's going to compete, and that's all it is. All right, so you got both sides saying no beef going in, but we know beef beef can be created during a playoff. Series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. That, that is true, yes, <laughs> and probably will. Beef is always for dinner. What was, the, what was the phrase earlier? Dangling beef? Lingering. Lingering, Lingering beef. beef. That's yeah. right. Jared Carlin. You've had, what? <laughs> Jared Carlin. I didn't mean anything by that. Sure was, I couldn't remember. Sure thing. Sure. Jared. <laughs> S-U-R-E. Just gonna let that, yeah. Just going to let that dangle uh-huh. slash linger right. for a second. <laughs> Do you have to let it dangle? <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, Sarah, because I want to remind you, by the way, the FanDuel text line is open at all times at 620-620. And you can text your thoughts on the show or the discussion. Sarah Cazell will take us through social studies next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.